First Chronicles chapter 4, um, verses 9 and 10. Um, I, I know when I asked Pastor Luke, was there something that he wanted me to specifically minister on? And you all have been in the book of Romans, correct? Um, so I will say um, that one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 1.16. Um, so I'm not ashamed to preach this gospel. Um, it is God's power unto salvation. Um, so uh, we will definitely stand to declare God's word. Um, just a habit out of reverence for the word of God, and so you can all make me comfortable. Will you stand to your feet for the reading of God's holy writ? First Chronicles chapter number four. Um, Verses 9 and 10. Jabez was honored more than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez, saying, because he is a pain, or because I bore him in pain. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from hurt and harm. And God granted what he asked. If you don't mind, look at somebody to your left, to your right, whatever, and tell them, get ready Come on, tell them, get ready. God is going to enlarge you. Be seated, please, in the presence of the Lord. The context of, of this particular text um, there's been songs that have been constructed from the prayer of Jabez or from Jabez's prayer. Um, but the way in which it has been interpreted has been inappropriate and has not discerned Jabez's heart and the intent of his prayer and what his prayer came out of. I think that um, we despise what we go through because we're more interested in how we're going to come out instead of being focused on how we're going to come out. We're not focused on formation that happens in the process. We just want to find out, God, when are you going to deliver? When are you going to rescue? When are you going to pull me out? One of the definitions of, defin of, of deliverance is to be rescued from. We like that definition because there is an immediacy when we talk about deliverance, when we think about deliverance, we think about God set me free right now simply because what I'm experiencing is uncomfortable. But I need for you to be challenged in your spirit that you appreciate your context, that is appreciate your test because it is by virtue of you being processed through your test that you come out with a testimony. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't feel good right now. I get it, trust me, I get it. But another one of the definitions in the Greek of deliverance is to be preserved through. Somebody say, be preserved through. Be preserved through. 
So God, if you aren't going to deliver me immediately, preserve me through, make sure I don't lose my mind, make sure I don't um, uh, divorce myself from the faith, make sure I still have a praise and make sure in the midst of it, I still have a posture and an attitude of worship that says that even in the midst of what I'm going through, there is a sense of defiance in my praise and worship that says to the devil, I don't care what I'm going through, I still got to praise. <laughs> Y'all making me feel a little better now. I'm starting to feel at home. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better, yes. Just nudge somebody and tell them I still have a praise. Come on, come on. You got to be a hollerback church like you from New York. Nudge somebody with an attitude and tell them, hey, I still have a praise. Yes, you see the glory, but you don't know the story. <laughs> yeah, you see all the lights and the glit and the glamour, but really, you don't know the pain that I've experienced down on the inside. You don't realize what I went through in the middle of the night when I was struggling with my own thoughts and no one would answer my call, but I knew how to call on the name of Jesus. The context... For Jabez, I see you clock, I don't yell at me. <laughs> the context for Jabez, where we miss it in this long laundry list of names, this is probably one of the most avoided sections of biblical witness because who wants to read a whole lot of names of people come from this one, descended from that one, the brother of this one? the sister of that one, and this and that. But there is this parenthetic. There is this, this thing that is thrown in about Jabez. But um, we lean into the story of Jabez, but don't realize the context of Jabez and where he comes from. Jabez is a descendant of Judah. <laughs> Judah is, we've defined it as Praise, P-R-A-I-S-E. But appropriately, it's praised that I've already done it, so I do it. Let me say it again. Uh, his name really means praised. I've already done it, so I do it. In other words, the praise that I did yesterday is establishing me for my today and my tomorrow. So my praise has prophetic implications. What it does is it begins to fortify me for those things that I'm going to experience on my tomorrow that I really haven't prepared for the trial, but in the spirit I'm being prepared because Praised is preparing me for my tomorrow. And come on. So, 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 uh, my, wife, my wife told me some time ago, uh, because my, my, my children and I, we pick on her, because she always has some worship music going on in the house. I don't care what's going on. I can try to be, you know, real husbandly to her, but she has some praise and worship going on. I'm like, look. It's kind of hard for us to go where we want to go with you. <laughs> but she made this point to me. She said, it is through praise and worship that I'm here today that I didn't lose my mind yesterday. Uh, my uncle, my uncle uh, has gone on to be with the Lord. And, and from the age of 12, he struggled with drugs and with addiction. And um, he eventually came to know the Lord. And even when he came to know the Lord, there were still those highs and lows where he was still struggling with drug addiction. And, and, and there was one time where, where my, my, one of my other uncles and aunts, they came to Rochester. And in the middle of the praise and in the middle of the worship, the, the praise reached a height where the spiritual lather was so thick that demonical presence could no longer hide. 
Yeah, where, where demons could no longer hide, they couldn't rest, they couldn't be comfortable, they began to convulse. And so while my uncle was in the middle of praise and worship, and his sister and brother were on either side, and they were praising and worshiping, demons began to manifest in him. And he began to be delivered in the middle of the praise and in the worship. What I want to tell you is, is that there is a spiritual dynamic that is introduced. That when the praise and, and the worship team were here today, they were introducing into our context another context that would superimpose itself over trials and situations, over circumstances and over attitudes. We're not merely singing songs, but we're literally involving God, dimensions and spheres and systems and structures. When we begin to praise God, we invite God. God into our stuff so that we can declare I might be going through what I'm going through but God is in the midst of what I'm going through so it might that uh, there, there, there's there's an old song that says I'm so glad trouble don't last always. But when you're in the midst of praise, when you're in the midst of worship, time itself does not become a factor. It's not as much as when the praises go up, blessings come down. No. When praises go up, the bless or comes down. And he inhabits the praises of his people. So where God is, there is deliverance. Where God is, there's liberty. Where God is, no demonic power has authority. So I'm not here to be entertained. I'm here to be involved in a paradigm shift that will change my life. Somebody say forever. Not somebody, if you don't mind, and tell them I'm here to be changed forever. Not somebody on the other side that doesn't mind talking to you and tell them I'm here to be changed forever. So when praise and worship is involved, we must know that something is getting ready to happen. Let me say it again. When praise and when worship is involved, we must know that something is getting ready to happen. Let me say it one more time. When praise and when worship become involved, something is getting ready to happen. Mm, yes. Something is getting ready to happen. I didn't come here out of happenstance. I came here on an assignment to thrust the Ark Church into a place to let you know that something is getting ready. Yes, you're getting it now. Yes. Jabez, Jabez, Jabez comes from a pedigree of praise, but he's been labeled a pain. And I don't know if you understand what's going on here, but literally Jabez is living the tale, living within two worlds, but when praise explodes upon the scene, there is a different dimension of the language that prayer takes on. Well, I don't ask for things that are in the shallow because I understand that God hangs out in the deep things. Yes. I'm not asking for things that I can easily do when I'm in a place, in a sphere, in a realm where God is. I'm not going to ask God for a toothpick when he can give me the forest. 
I have to change the way I process things because when I'm in a place with God, y'all only hear this here, when I'm in a place with God, those things that are impossible to men, but when God is on the scene, those things that were impossible, in the Latin they become pose. It becomes possible because God can do, somebody say, all things. Jabez, Jabez is in the midst of names of his family, but Jabez is the only one that in the midst of a praise, there is an open heaven dynamic that Jabez is exposed to because he remembers his pedigree. He remembers his upbringing. He remembers his context. He remembers how he has been raised. He remembers the kind of climate and environment that has brought him to this place, though his mama called him a pain. I don't think you hear me. He has been developed in a sphere of praise, but his mother called him a pain. Jabez, the scripture says, was more honorable than his brothers. If we read this from a Western lens, we won't get the potency of the text. Jabez was more honorable, comes from a Hebrew word, uh, uh, kabod or kabed. And this particular word, it means glory. There's one definition, it means glory, the kabod or kabod. It means glory. It means excellency. It means um, surpassing. It means laying out in glory. Uh, similar to one being anointed, that shining forth, that manifesting God. But the other side of kabod also, it means worrisome. It means a problem. It means annoyance. And this is the definition that his mother labeled him when she called him Jabez because he is a pain or because I bore him in pain. But wait a minute, ladies. How many ladies have ever had a, ch have ever had a child? Can any of you tell me that you bore this child or brought this, for, brought this child forth without pain? I didn't think so. <laughs> There's pain involved when there is a bringing forth of a baby. But the distinction here was that there is a different kind of pain that is going on with Jabez. There is a different kind of carrying him that is unlike his brothers uh, and unlike the others. There is a difference in this child. It's almost like the bringing forth of Moses. Can you imagine that a king is growing on the inside of you and you have Moses growing on the inside of his mother and his mother knows that there is something special? So she puts him in a basket and the scripture says that he is placed in uh, the river and the basket actually flows upstream. It's not supposed to flow upstream, but there is a difference in this one. I don't know if you're understanding me here, but the reason why there's been so much pain is because you're different. Why is it that folks have gone through what I've gone through and they've died in the process? It's simply because there's something different about you. Why is it that folks have lost their lives and lost their minds and you struggle with the same thing? It's simply, God, that there is a difference. So Jabez is this different cat. He's more honorable. 
then his brothers and his mother who naturally bore him in pain calls him a pain. Now, I remember growing up when I was a little bit younger and you would annoy your parents a little bit, yo, and they would say, nah, don't you be a pain. Stop being a pain. Jabez is branded by his own mother that he is a problem. Let me rewind it and say it again. Jabez is branded by his own mother that he is a pain. One more time for the folks in the back. Jabez is branded by his own mother that he is a pain. I know I'm talking to somebody in this house, so I'm going to give it one more time. I don't know what your name is, but I believe you can connect with this text that your mother or those in your family have branded you a pain. But what they really didn't recognize, they couldn't recognize because they needed divine revelation, was that there was a special assignment on your life. What they could not discern, what they thought to be pain was actually pressure that you were getting ready to apply on another realm that was going to cause you to pray, Lord, enlarge my territory. Wait. Because out of pain, it, let me say it this way. If you, the, let me ask you this question. Yes. Can you handle the pressure? Uh, let me, oh, oh who, who's that said that? Will you? Who said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one more time for you right there, since you're the only one that's going to answer me. Can you handle the pressure? Because here's the thing. Folks love to be anointed, but they don't realize that it, there comes pressure. God help us when you're going to be anointed. Anointed is not because of the way these bright lights are hitting me and there's some shining forth. No, anointing is that there is a specific pressing of the seed that's down on the inside that the oil that comes forth is not charisma but if there is a chrismation there is an anointing not charisma where you're able to attract people into your sphere, but there is a chrismation that means that as much as folks are attracted to my sphere, I also have the capacity to be able to handle the responsibility of folks being attracted to my sphere. Can you handle the pressure? Pressure is a great thing. Let me say it again. Pressure is a great thing if you want to be anointed. If you want to cast out devils. God help. Y'all do talk about casting out devils. Y'all got quiet. Uh, if, if you want to lay hands on the sick and they recover. If, yes, indeed, you want to raise the dead. If you, when you wake up in the morning, the devil is afraid of the fact that your feet have just hit the floor, that the demons themselves understand that there is somebody different that's getting ready to move. Can you handle the pressure? Are you ready for the pressure? I wish I had some young folks that was around here and just wave, wave your hand at me and say, I'm ready for the pressure. I got a few up. No, that's all right. Let's keep working it then. Yeah, they, they were like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got enough pressure. I got I to gotta pass this class. So, <laughs> don't worry. You're going to pass the class. I promise you. It might cause you some pain, but it's really releasing power. 
Uh, be quiet. <laughs> okay, all right, now you said it. Because <laughs> I, I told Pastor Luke, he said, how much time you get? I, 45 minutes in, I'm just getting finished with my first introduction. <laughs> his mother, his mother named him or branded him. I don't think that there is anything more disheartening to a child than for a mother that is to care and to nurture and to grow and to give encouragement for mother to turn around and call their child a pain. And I'm going to debate if that's a really quality kind of a mother that understands the responsibility that's been laid to her charge. But I want you to hear this and watch this in the text, that Jabez was not stuck at what his mama called him. Oh, let me say it again. Jabez was not stuck at what his mama called him. Might I ask you a question, family of God? Why are you so concerned about people's opinion of you that are not promoting you towards God? If they are the kind of people that are always causing or calling you pain, then there must be something special on your life. So, I got to be done. Jabez turns the pain into purpose. Let me say it again. Jabez turns the pain into purpose. Nudge somebody and tell them, turn the pain into purpose. You don't have to kill yourself in the pain. You don't have to stay in depression in the pain. I'm talking to somebody here. You don't have to stay in the oppression because there's pain. Truth of the matter is, allow the pain to process you. Allow the pain to form you. Allow the pain to fortify you. And allow the pain to enter you into a place of praise. In the middle, in the middle of the pain, watch. In the middle of the pain, Jabez calls on the God of Israel. Let me say it again. In the middle of the pain, Jabez calls on the God of Israel. Let me say it one more time because I don't know if you're catching it yet. In the middle of the pain, Jabez calls on the God of Israel. I know you got an attitude when you were younger and you had to come to church, but that put the foundation in you so that when you got into high school and when you got into college and your money was funny and your change was strange, when you needed healing in your body, you were able to call on the God that your mama and your daddy, your uncle, your auntie, your cousin, some of them, that they taught you to call upon. So I don't despise the small beginnings. Jabez, in the middle of the pain, called on the God of Israel. Who is this God that Jabez calls upon? I said, he called on the God of Israel. He is the God that delivers from Egypt. He is the God that separates the reed or the Red Sea. He is the God that gives food in the wilderness. He is the God that establishes a bronze serpent so that those that look upon the serpent they can look and live. Who is this God of Israel? He is, one writer called him the balm in Gilead. 
Who is this God of Israel? He is the dread of Pharaoh. Who is this God of Israel? He is the Most High God, El Elyon. Who is this God of Israel? He is my exceeding and great reward. Who is this God of Israel? He is Rohai, my healer. Who is this God of Israel? He's the one that supplies all of my need. Who is this God of Israel? He is the one that we give praise and glory to. He is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Who is this God of Israel? He's the one that's a wheel in the middle of the wheel, Ezekiel saw. Who is this God of Israel? Isaiah said, I saw him high and lifted up and his very train filled the temple. And whenever he would move, the whole place would be shaken at his presence. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is our mighty God. He is the dependable one. Who is this God of Israel? Jabez does not reach for the shallowness of his mind. He reaches into the depth of his history and pulls on the God who delivers Israel. He does not lean and depend on his own machinations. He does not lean and depend on his own concepts of who God is. He needed depth to get into the deep of the pain of his own circumstance. So he reaches into the God of Israel. What does he ask? Let me give you this and I'm done. I'm going back to Rochester. <laughs> he called on the God of Israel saying, oh, if you don't mind, just do that one time. Oh, yeah that you would bless me. Wait, if you run past it, you're going to miss the potency of the text. Obviously, his father hadn't blessed him. Because in the East, it was the job of the father to bless the children. But he had no biological father, at least from what we see in the text, that reached out his hand to bless his son. It didn't mean that he couldn't be blessed. He had to ask God to bless him. What does it mean to be blessed? To be blessed doesn't simply mean to get a new house or a new car. Because there are a whole lot of folks that got a whole lot of money, but they aren't blessed. I can't get no help now. Yeah. There's a whole lot of folks that have the wherewithal to excel monetarily and, and they can get earthly things, but it doesn't mean the blessing of God is on their lives. <laughs> there are a whole lot of folks that can acquire things to make them comfortable, but the blessing of the Lord, watch, maketh rich and adds no sorrow with it. The word rich doesn't mean silver monetary rich. It means that there is a depth to the life that they're able to reach into the richness or the vastness of what God has deposited. They can be a whole lot of folks to get money deposited into their life, but they're spiritually bankrupt. Uh, nudge somebody and tell them, I'd rather have joy. Y'all ain't talking like it. Uh, nudge somebody else and tell them, I would rather have joy. Yes, because quite frankly, money comes and money goes. But I need the power and the witness of the Holy Ghost down on the inside that when I don't have money, I still got joy. 
Why do I want joy? Because the joy of the Lord oh, I got a Bible church here, is my strength. Uh, oh, you look weak, but I got joy. <laughs> you look like you're going through, but I got joy. How are you going through like that, but still got a praise? Because the joy of the Lord. So bless me. <laughs> Blessing me is having the presence of God with me. There can be folks that can have money, they can have a 10-bedroom mansion, but have God nowhere in the house. Yes, but the blessing of the Lord, I can have a one-bedroom apartment, and I got God crawling all over the walls. That's why God cannot be confined to things, because even when I have things, I come from the hometown of, of, of Eastman Kodak Company, and George Eastman established Kodak Company. At the, at the epilogue of his life, George Eastman killed himself, though he was in his day a multi-billionaire. This is what he said. He said that there is no more reason for me to live. So he was rich in houses and land. But when you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, there is an emptiness and a lostness that you have. That even if I don't have all of these things, the blessing of the Lord is on my life. That even when I don't have money, I got to pray. Now watch what he says. Lord, bless me. Bless me. Put me in a sphere where you are. But then he also says, somebody say, and. Yeah. In other words, they're connected. And. It's a continuation. He says, and enlarge my border. The Western mindset of reading this particular text and praying the prayer of Jabez is self-serving. But to this mindset of the East, and with Jabez praying it, he's not talking about a blessing where he, have, will, where he will have riches. And just because enlarge my territory is not merely an acquisition of land. It's enlarge my territory or enlarge my capacity. Somebody say enlarge my capacity. Yeah, the problem with a whole lot of folks is, is you aren't praying it right. You should be asking the Lord, enlarge my capacity. Give me the ability to handle what you've called me to. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Give me the ability to handle the greatness that you've called me to. I believe everybody in this room, God is calling you to greatness. <laughs> but the question is, have you prayed, Lord, enlarge my ability to house the assignment and for me to live out that assignment for your honor and for your glory. Enlarge my borders is, God give me the capacity so that when people come to me in need, I'm able to supply their need because you've given me the capacity to bless somebody else. The blessing of the Lord, hear me now, the blessing of the Lord, if in fact we're talking about the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham, brothers and sisters, was not a blessing for Abraham to hoard it. It was the blessing that God pronounced is in blessing you will bless. Yes, uh, not merely a speaking well of, but there will be an endowment of ability. If you notice, my brothers and sisters, when the foreign kings came to Abraham, 
They came to Abraham so that they could cut covenant with Abraham. In other words, Abraham, you have the endowment of God on you that if we come into your care, you have the capacity to care for us. The blessing that God wants to bestow upon your life is not for you merely to ride around in a nice whip, but for you to go pick some folks up and bring them to church. Not merely for the ministry to be big in terms of space, but the enlarging of the ark church. Ah, oh, yes, Lord, is the anointing that's on the ark church will be so expensive and great that the ark church is not just here in this location but there are other campuses that house the blessing of the mother campus of the ark church not merely for numbers only though the people are coming but it's also to be able to do effective witness beyond the borders of this local town that Houston and Dallas is calling for the Ark Church. Lord, enlarge our borders. <laughs> Nudge somebody and tell them he's enlarging our borders. Yes. Come on, y'all. Holler back at me. I promise. I know, I know I've worried you just a little bit, but... Uh, I came here on assignment. Uh, it's been nice to be in Texas, but I came here on assignment. Uh, start thinking a little more deeply about the ministry that you are involved in. Because the ministry that you are involved in is not simply to house this comfortable space. <laughs> yes, the enlarging of territory comes with pain and stretching that the pain now is turned on its head because the pain that was meant to hinder now becomes the stepping stone into expressing what God has called my life for. The reason why you've been called into this space and Dr. Luke, oh yes, Lord, I love the sound of that. Dr. Luke, you've been connected and covenanting with him is that God has brought you into his world to expose you to the kind of concept that he has of God. So in linking with him is I do what I do, but while doing what I do, do, I'm understanding that God is enlarging our territory, that these walls can't hold us because the assignment is larger. The assignment is greater. But the question is, are you willing to handle the pain? Are you willing? I remember when I was growing, getting taller, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had, I had these trolley horses in the back of my legs because my body was stretching faster than probably what it should have. And it caused me pain, but I reached the height that God had assigned for me to be assigned to. If you're feeling the pain, brothers and sisters, it's because God is stretching you out. Jesus. It's because he's stretching you out of comfort. He's stretching you out of convenience into inconvenience and into greatness and into the place of faith. How can we fulfill this assignment and mission? It is only by the empowering and the blessing of God. If you don't mind, just nudge somebody and tell them I feel the blessing on me now. Come on, I need a holler back, church. Y'all, I need a blessing. Say it with some attitude like you from New York where I'm from. Nudge somebody and tell them, I feel the blessing on me now. 
Yeah. I don't know where the keyboardists go. I'm, I'm a New York preacher. I, I, I'm, you know, where, where, where he go? I, anyway, he retired? Like, come here, man. Uh, you, uh, nudge one more person. Nudge him, nudge him real good. And nudge him, or I don't, John, if, uh, John or yeah, Marv, y'all want to, yeah, I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you ever preached. Nudge somebody and tell them I feel the blessing on me now. Yes, I'm, I'm understanding the pain. I'm, under, I'm understanding the pain. Y'all excuse me, I'm just, I'm home now. I understand the pain and, and I understand where God is taking me. He's enlarging my borders. I've been comfortable for too long where we're, in fact, God has, he's calling me into the deep. Where, where the deep is where God wants me to swim. There's, there's on the southern coast of the tip of Africa, there are some white sharks and, and as long as you swim at the depth of these sharks they will not attack you but if you swim above them they have no respect for you that you can't swim at their depth where God is calling you is down into the deep where he's able to drown your uh, mentality and that you arise and awaken to a new mentality that it's been I've been in the shallow for too long but I'm looking to go into the deep if you don't mind just shake somebody by the hand if y'all don't y'all yes you don't mind shake them real good and tell them God is calling you into the deep he's 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 calling you come on grab about two or three people uh, walk around a little bit y'all don't got too comfortable and walk around and tell them and pull on them a little bit and tell them say God is calling you into the deep Y'all didn't get up and move. Don't be disobedient. Nudge three, go, if you don't, come on y'all. I'm getting ready to let you go, I promise. The clock is two or three people. Yeah, y'all don't got, but get, make the blood flow. And pull on them and tell them, God is calling you into the deep. John. Oh, now y'all want to go to six and seven folks, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> now watch, after he says, enlarge my border, you can stay standing, I promise it'll make me be finished. He said, now the next thing I need, Lord, is for your hand to be on me. Put your hand on somebody. Look at the comfort. Look at the, reins look at the, reins the reassurance that you give when you put your hand on somebody. They understand that we aren't, I'm not in the struggle by myself. But Lord, put your hand on me so that when I go and when I come, when, I'm, when I go out and when I come back in, when I'm facing my enemies, I won't be afraid. Oh God, when my enemies encamp round about me, my heart will not fear. Though when hosts should encamp against me, one thing I'm assured of is that God's hand is on me. Oh, lean on that person and tell them God's hand is on you. Now watch. Lastly. <laughs> That you would keep me from hurt and harm. That's external and internal. Keep me from those that seek my life on the outside. But also keep me when I become an enemy of myself. <laughs> when I doubt what God can do, preserve me. 
When folks get in my ear and, and, and try to impregnate me with doubt so that I do myself harm, Lord, keep me from that kind of attitude and defeatist mentality because greater is he. Wait, I for real, for real be done. And God granted it to him. I don't know if you understand this. And God granted it to him. One more time for those in the back. And God granted it to him. Some things you haven't experienced because you simply haven't asked. Oh, let me say it one more time. Some things you haven't experienced, very simply, you haven't even asked yet. And you're frustrated at God when God is looking for you to ask him for it. The implication in the text is this. Jabez could have been named like everybody else, but he opened up his mouth. Let me say it one more time. Jabez could have been named with everybody else, but he opened his mouth. The old folks say it like this. Closed mouth. Closed mouths? Oh, okay. Don't get fed. The life of praise. A life of praise, a spirit of praise, opens me up to realms and dimensions. Why I ask of God what others won't ask him for. I can't get off into this, but but there is a difference in a praiser and a non-praiser. A praiser has revelation that a non-praiser never will. Then the language of a praiser is different than a non-praiser. The language, what they ask for, what they expect from God. Oh, you're fine. Go ahead, let it flow. Praise is always appropriate. I taught a year on it. Praise is always appropriate. So when I enter into praise, that's also access into a realm for me to ask what others won't ask for. Will you lift your hands before the Lord? Father, the prayer of Jabez is not a prayer that can be embraced by all. It's a prayer that's embraced by someone that's willing to go through some things in life. It brought us here to this place, Father, that there are some under the sound of my voice that have experienced great hardship. Just to bring us to this moment, say, like Jabez, Lord, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me. Keep me from hurt and harm. You're granting prayers right now in Jesus' name. And we receive it now by faith. Will you clap your hands and give God glory and honor and praise?